0: It is June the 26th, 2021. You are listening to episode nine of Keep Off the Perth's podcast. We have had a little break. We've soaked in the Euro 2020 football, soaked in the sun. And just like any summertime great duo, you know, Sea and Sand, Bucket and Spade, it wouldn't be the Keep Off the Perth's podcast if I sat here on my own. So, of course, joining me today, as ever, is... Matt Locktown's Matthew Rhodes.
1: Matt, how are you, mate? I uh, Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've uh, been enjoying the Euros. i been watching as much of that as I can. Uh, but yeah, just looking forward to actually watching uh, football properly at the stadiums. So we're almost there. How are you?
0: Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad at all. Uh, just counting down the days now. So, you know, we're back at the Proctor Stadium, having fans in. We've had a few events where we've screened the England games at the Shorts Lounge. It's been fantastic seeing you know old faces, meeting a few new faces. Having that community vibe there, it's it's been really great. So having fans back in and actually watching live game of football is gonna be so good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So looking now, we we've got obviously and it's been about like a month since we lost did one of these. So please, please do not give us grief for the comments. I, I know I said fortnightly. However, and this is to no fault of Matt. I will give him that. He has been ever-present to a podcast. However, we we're going to do one last weekend. I had my first vaccination shot at the Practical Stadium, oddly enough, because I'm not down there enough. Um fantastic set up down there St John's Ambulance in and out within 30 minutes all adults can get the vaccine now which is fantastic so if you are an adult and you want to get the vaccine and you are aware go and look at our social media you can book in it's super easy it's dead quick and we can all work harder to getting everything unlocked to again back to some sort of normality Now, to to pivot slightly, but stay in the football realm of things, I and Matt, since we were last here, there's been a few announcements, a few additions to that Matlock Town squad. So I thought today would be a lovely chance for us to go through on the expertly kept um, Matlock Town First Team Squad page on the uk website. Um, whoever curates that, well done. Uh, so, what we'll do, we'll go through who's there. We'll talk about, maybe talk a little bit in brief about each player or an, the each part of the pitch collectively. And then at the end, I'm going to ask Matt for his rating out of 10. Squad the squad, how, and that will be how confident he feels going into pre-season, whether he feels there still needs to be, or would he still like to see more bodies added, or does he feel we're heading towards a perfect tonic for the 2021 season? We're also going to have the... We're going to talk about pre-season and the pre-season fixtures. We're going to talk about some of the other things we're at the club. And then at the end, we may, we may depending on time, because no. Both Matt and myself have other plans today. So it'd be time dependent. We may slip in some cheeky Euro 2020 talk. You just never know. So keep tuned in to the end if you if you're interested in that. But of course, the meat of the dinner here, the meat is Matt Locktown. So Matt, are you ready? I think so. So starting things off. A man who was announced pretty early doors, a man who's become a, a staple of Malta, the backbone, part of that spine, is Sean Rowley. Back again. We only saw him six, seven games last season. Fantastic keeper from what we've seen. Having him locked in, it's, it's, for me, it's a massive thing for the club.
1: Yeah, he's, um, well, of the little that we saw Robin, um, yeah, he was really, really good. Because I know, uh, obviously, John Stewart was at the club at the same time. But obviously, um, he went, He was ab- absent for a while. Um, but he did a uh, fantastic job of deputising for him. And then, you know, kind of already, uh, even when Stewart was at the club, uh, Rowley was kind of just seen as, as the number one uh, very quickly. Um, so, yeah, made a couple of excellent saves uh, against uh, Grantham and South Shields. Uh, so, yeah, a bit of a no-brainer, really, to keep him. Um, so, yeah, and I think I think he's the only keeper that we've got on the books at the moment, haven't we? But I know I uh, think there was a bit of a plan to have a second keeper and uh, have him sort of, like, loaned out on one of those dual registration bases. But, uh, yeah, really strong keeper to have uh, for the season, definitely. I should say... So, uh, well, I should correctly say, I should
0: say. Um, Sean is currently the only keeper at the club. Um, Any Matlock town fan worth this, of course, Matlock's history with goalkeepers, there always tends to be at least one injury during a season where... Uh, and we're lucky that we have such a, a great bond with our neighbour clubs, the likes of Chesterfield, the likes of Burton, the likes of Mansfield, and, and clubs of ilk who will help us out when it needs. So we've had young lads coming in on loan. We've seen the gaffer himself, Paul Phillips, don the gloves in a pre-season friendly. Um, I'm led to believe his good lady wife has told him no more. <laughs> because I think all that diving around doesn't do much good in the morning. Well, the morning after. I saw bones, I believe. So... I can see, I can see them as you say going in for another keeper. Maybe dual-regging him out. Maybe loading him. Maybe you know, maybe a youngster. I think you know with Steve Shortworth as well. You've got a fantastic goalkeeping coach there. Um, so if you're a young keeper who came in at a later point, having the likes of Sean to be around, having the likes of Steve, that's that's something that's really positive for their career and for the club. Now. And then we've gone to defence, which is a a more bulky position, of course, covering left back, right back, and centre back. Now, we've seen in the past, it it can take a while for keepers to build up a rapport with their back four, back five, or even back three, depending on formations. There seems to be a good rapport. We know Adam Yates has retired. Uh, Matt did a fantastic interview with Adam, that was on the last podcast, so if you've not listened to that, go and listen to it, I highly recommend, there's a reason I get Matt to do all the interviews these days, he's very good, don't tell him that, but we're going to look at who is here, we're starting things off with the Irishman himself, Det Walker, back for another season, previously, we've, we've seen bits of him last season, he scored a few penalties, won a few penalties, I think the season before that at Staley Bridge Celtic, he rocked up a lot of assists. So, which as a fullback is a player who can play fullback, a player who can play right midfield, it's an ideal to have. Then looking at it on the left back side of things, there is Reese Kendall, a man who won our most improved player, came out of nowhere. to... well, it was it was a comeback story, I think. There were a lot of questions about whether he could step up to the mark and step up to the mark he did. Now, there's also a new man who's capable of playing anywhere along that left-hand side. John Pritchard, who has joined us from Ashton United, a player who's got National League North experience, a player who has played for that other team up the A6 on loan, I believe he scored a free kick against us. I have already told him I won't hold that against him as long as he scores a free kick for us. Um, dead ball specialist, which, you know me, you know I love somebody who can strike a free kick into the top corner. There's something majestic about scoring from a set piece or from a dead ball situation, especially when you have all, when it comes to free kicks, you have all that build-up beforehand. Takes him back to Beckham against Greece, I believe it was last minute, smacking it in the top corner to take us to that international tournament. And hopefully Pritchard is somebody who will be able to do the same. So we look quite well-stocked in those fullback positions. Matt, how, do you, how are you feeling about the fullbacks? Do you feel the Gaffer's done the, a good bit of business getting those three
1: sorted? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's looking strong. Um, really good to have retained uh, Deck Walker and uh, and Reese Kendall, uh, Reese Kendall in particular looks someone who still has more to give. Uh, there's obviously a lot of promise there, and he showed a little bit of it as the as uh each game went on uh last season. But um, yeah, I think uh, he could end up being a really really important player for Matlock. And we've seen him before, obviously, in a few times uh, that he's been able to play for Matlock, but uh, he's good coming up forward as well. He scored from. Uh, set pieces before. Um, Debt Walker a really solid penalty taker, and just a really solid player to have. So I'm really happy that uh, Debt Walker's um, stayed with the Gladiators too. In terms of Pritchard's, um, not I've not seen uh, all that much of him, so I don't know uh, a massive amount. But obviously, it uh, it really helps if you've got like a specialist uh, free kick taker uh to uh to have in your side. So uh having someone like that always around in the squad uh, will always uh be uh, be a massive help. So yeah, I think looking uh, pretty strong in those in those areas. But yeah, particularly happy with uh keeping Kendall because I think he could play a really, really special part uh, in the team as it goes on because there's there's a lot of promise there. So yeah, good, uh, good business from Philo and Wildy. Um, I just remembered something.
0: Reese's dad said to me after one of our previous podcasts. Uh, we were talking about that second goalkeeper position, and maybe you know, say in a game, you're looking for someone to take the gloves. Apparently, Reese Kendall has experience in that position. All right. So, you know. It'd be interesting. You hope to never see it, but it'd be interesting if Rhys Kendall stepped into that secondary keeper position because he couldn't do it. I think he'd probably be a lot happier at um, playing left back, but you never know. It's always good to know these things. Now, moving on to our centre backs, we have the man mounting himself, the man who... It's simply a one man heading machine, right quarter, back for another year. For me, a player who I still can't quite get my head around is playing at this level. I think as centre backs go, he's arguably one of, if not the best in the league. And then alongside him, you've got Sam Edgerton, another, you know, six foot one, built like a brick house, for lack of a <laughs> better term. You, you've just got these two mammoth bloats at centre-back who just bring everything that Philo likes in a side. He likes players that are going to work hard. He likes players who bring the energy. You know, Ryan and Sam, they're always talking. They're always vocal on the pitch. And I think for centre-backs, that's so important in this day and age. You, You want somebody who's going to command the back line. And especially with Adam Yates now having departed and decided to take retirement from the game to spend more time with his family. Having experienced men back there to lead that back line, especially when Reese is pretty young, it you know, and Dex not exactly super old, let's be honest. I believe he's, and this is going to be interesting, he's 29. Wow, he looks a lot younger than 29. I'd have never have guessed that. He learns yeah, something every day. Up, Well, you know, in case we need an interview with them, we'll keep these (laughs) lads sweet. You never know. Um, But, yeah, both having that experienced backline, having those two centre-backs. You've also got players who can drop in and play centre-back. I know Rhys Kendall's played centre-back before. I know Mark Lee's capable of playing centre-back. I know, um, you know, if needs be, you've got Craig Carney, who isn't... Afraid to step in and go centre back. You got John Pritchard who can step in at centre back. So there's a lot of adaptable ways there. But to have Ryan and Sam as your front two centre backs, your, your leading men in the back line, it it's something that I think is a big plus for Matt Lock. How do you feel
1: about it, Matt? Yeah, I think well in terms of the people in this that are specialised areas, uh, they're specialised in playing central defence. Uh, I still think that's probably going to be Matlock's biggest uh, big, biggest strength on the pitch. Uh, that's their best department. Because I really think Ryan Qualter can, from what I've seen of him, he can play at a higher level. Obviously, I hope that does end up happening with Matlock, obviously. Uh, but uh, he definitely can play at a higher level. I thought he was the best player uh, for Matlock in the short time that we saw of last season. Uh, he's just class. He's just really, really solid. Yeah. Um, very strong um just his tackling but also his communication that you've mentioned before as well with other players telling players what they need to be doing sort of like if something's gone wrong just explaining to them what they need to do in future it it was stuff that you just never saw in the first season that I covered at Matlock there was just pretty much Yatesy just (laughs) just speaking they weren't there were enough leaders, and there are a lot more in Matlock's team. And it's epitomised by what they've got going on, especially in the centre of defence, because Edgerton also did a really good job last season. Maybe a little bit overshadowed by how good Qualter was, but Edgerton also did a fantastic job. Um, they like his partnership with Qualter when they played South Shields and got that really good clean sheet away from home. Um, just shows uh, how strong a duo that they are in the centre of defence. So for me, I think that's probably Matlock's strongest area. Um, maybe have someone there as cover might be worth bringing in someone who's, you know, their main position is centre-half. Um, have someone there as cover, maybe. But obviously, it uh, depends on what Philo and wild are you thinking. Uh, maybe it's not needed. Maybe they've got enough players that can still play there that are already in the squad if there's a couple of injuries, but yeah, I think that's probably Matlock's strongest area. And as long as they don't, uh, neither Qualt or uh, Edgerton have like a long-term injury, you know, that'll be, I I can't see Matlock having too many like defensive blips like we've seen in the past, uh, a couple of seasons ago, letting in silly goals. I just, I can't see that happening at all. So yeah, really pleased uh, with uh, Matlock's defence just overall, really. Very
0: much so. I mean, you've got a lot of leaders back there. And, and it's, you look through the side, as we say, we'll go through the midfielders and forwards. There's a lot of leaders, a lot of people, a lot of voices. There's a lot of characters that make up a changing room. And I feel, you know, Ryan and Sam in particular, are front and centre of that, and it's, when, when you come in as a manager and Philo is, I think he's Matlock's longest reigning manager for a while. Yet yeah, we barely played any football in that time
1: because Must of Must have the, managed less than 20 games.
0: Yeah, because of the pandemic. And Maybe only know,
1: 15, yeah.
0: When it's so important to have players there who buy into what you are as a coach, your philosophies, your way of thinking about things. And I, I, I do feel that that's why Ryan and Sam, and Sam in particular, having worked with Philo before, it's it's so important to have those players there. And as you say, the defence overall, for me, it's one of the stronger ones that Matlock have had in my time watching them. I feel a lot easier when a you know a ball goes in for a set piece that I know we've got lads there who are capable of getting the head on it Reese Kendall who can pop up in the other box or a goal from a header so it's it's good to have and we've spoken before it's always important to have defenders who are capable of getting on the score sheet because when you when you're having to rely on your front two for goals all the time that's when things become a true uh, struggle so hopefully we'll, we'll see some more goals coming from the defence but it, as you say it's a big thumbs up from me without that battle. I'm very happy with what we have and it's, it's exciting I do think like you say possibly you've got that low market whether they'll look into that
1: should an injury come up um, they can get Jake Hull again that'd be good
0: Tell you, yeah, looking at Jake, and I don't think it will be long before we see him at least making the bench for that first team Rotherham side. I really don't. I know he signed a new deal, though. So he's he's a, he's a lad with a lot of promise. But I, you know, if someone came along at Rotherham and said, "Hey, would you like to have Jake Hull for the season?" I, I would not say no. But did you know? that Ben Wiles plays for Rotherham United?
1: I did not, know.
0: Well, now you do. And did you know that Ben Wiles is the brother of Alex Wiles, one of Matlock's new midfield signings from Game for
1: Did not know they were related, no. Did not know. But I did, <gasps> uh, I did interview Alex Wiles recently, so... Uh, you can uh, if you missed that, you've got the opportunity to listen to that as well.
0: And where, where could you find that at Me, Matt? Just for those who aren't aware.
1: Oh, you know, everywhere. Uh, have a look on Matlock Town's social media. It'll be posted on there. Uh, and it'll be on Matlock Town's YouTube channel as well. So you'll be able to listen to it through there and on Facebook as well. The link will be on there. So yeah. Lots of places, where- lots of places.
0: When he says hey it, it doesn't mean go look in your fridge for it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, it, ch- check our socials basically. <laughs> it's check there. Media. Yeah, we're, we're always shuntering on there about things. There's always something going on. But yes, Alex Wiles. Fantastic interview by the way, Matt. Again, much praise on that. Yeah. Alex spoke really well and seems to be excited about bit at Matlock. Has a you know, his head on his shoulders about things and seems to be keen to push the team on. And I, I think you've got a lad there who, from everybody i spoke to at Gaines Maternity, uh, from their media team to a few of their fans, they've all spoke really highly of Alex. And he said himself, coming in, he's a box-to-box midfielder. He's, he's not afraid to tackle. He's not afraid to shoot. And I feel it just adds that whole dynamic
1: to that Matt on midfield. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, again. He's not someone that I don't think I've actually seen before on the pitch. Um, oh no, sorry, I think I've seen once uh, before when he was at uh, at Gainsborough. I think it might have been uh, New Year's Day match that we had. Um, but yeah, no, Curtis Woodhouse uh, rated him really highly, and I think he commented on the move uh, when he found out Wiles had uh, moved to Matlock's. Obviously, uh, Curtis Woodhouse has. Uh, I believe he's retired, actually, from being a football manager. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he spoke really highly of him. And um, I don't know Curtis Woodhouse, a bit similar to Phil and Wildey, just all about, you know, work rate being 100%, having the right attitudes, uh, not just having the, you know, right right kind of abilities on the pitch, but having the right attitude too. So seems like the kind of guy that would fit, really well into this Matlock team and fits into their ethos. And that's why they will have signed him. So uh, I think I remember him saying in the interview that he's never, he's never won a promotion yet or like uh, been in a, in a playoffs and he's, that's his main aim uh, sort of short term is to finally secure uh, a promotion with a team. So obviously it's a good sign if he's thinking that I need to be moving to Matlock for something like that to happen. So uh yeah, I'll be keen to see how he gets on in pre-season and see how he fits in.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think everybody you spoke to as well that's joined the club in interviews, you speak to the lads that are currently here. None of them would be content with a mid-table or top-seven finish. They all want promotion. That—that that, I mean, you speak to anybody connected with Matlock whether it be at board level, whether it be the management, whether it be players, promotion is the key word. And I think we're a club in general that isn't just happy to partake. I think in the past, we, we could have been accused of that at times. I think we, we had a habit of sort of, and we went very close under um, Craig Hopkins and Glenn Kirkwood to really push on making the playoffs. We fell sadly short that year. So to have, you know, everybody pushing in the same direction, they thinking promotion, playoffs, you want to be up there, you want to be battling against the big sides. Mm-hmm. Now, to move from Alex to Craig Carney, another player who we haven't seen much of in a Matlock Town shirt yet. I believe he played one or two training games. He was somebody who, there was... Signed at the same time, I believe, is Ross Hannah, And we're both announced at the same time. So Craig Carney is one of those players that Philo likes, a player that's versatile, a player that's capable of playing a multitude of positions and is capable of doing well in them. So to have a, a player like that on the books has to be a huge plus for Philo.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, again, it's not a player that I've actually seen much of at all. Because obviously at the time that he signed, um, <laughs> the uh, season basically came to an end. So uh, that was a bit disappointing. I think I just saw him in a uh, training game against Trafford. Yeah, Trafford. Um, and that was it. So it's one of those where I'm looking just looking forward to see how they get on in pre-season, see how they fit into the team. Because uh, it's not someone that I've seen uh, much, uh, much about on the pitch, so I'm kind of looking forward just to see how he fits in.
0: I think we can all agree this this COVID pandemic's been a bit rubbish.
1: Yeah, <laughs> understatement. Yeah,
0: for for lack of a better way of putting it, it when you when you look at football, Lou, it's been a bit rubbish. When you look at everything else, it's been very, 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 very ongoingly rubbish. So, but hey. Looking to He's looking to the positives. And that leaves us looking at the midfield with three lads that have re-signed on for another year. Those gentlemen in question, Alex Byrne, assist extraordinaire, assist extraordinaire. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Somebody who is <sighs> arguably one of the best crossers in the league. I mean, case in point, that ball, he sent it over to Liam Hughes. For his goal against Ashton, you, you couldn't have, he literally couldn't have picked that ball up with his hands, walked over and placed it in front of Husey any better than he did with the pass. It was just that well worked out. He does have a habit of being a bit of a bull in a China shot for his temperament, but he cares. And, you know, that's, that's what I want from players. I'd rather players get booked for being a bit talkative when it comes to the ref as opposed to players who you don't hear anything from all game and Alex is another he he's the way he exudes himself he he comes across as he's a winner he wants to win he's not content with anything but and I, I can respect that I think having him again in the team is another great plus
1: yeah, definitely. Really important retention to keep him in there because just to, mainly for his uh, crossing abilities. Because uh, obviously, in the few games that we've seen of him at Matlock, uh, he showed that in abundance. If um, if you're going to sort of have a bet on who who's going to get like the next assist for the club, you know, always have uh, Alex Burn up there uh, because that's where his strength lies in terms of his uh, crossing abilities. So, um, yeah. Um, I know he's got, uh, I think he got subbed really early in one game once because of some chat back to uh, the management staff. But uh, but, uh, in terms of the, um, it's just showing sort of like how much he cares about playing. And again, it's not really something that we saw much of a couple of seasons ago. There weren't enough players that sort of cared enough about playing and making sure that they were, doing everything they can to get the win. So it's, I don't see that as, as a problem or anything like that. It's just showing your passion for the club and just showing how much you you want it to win. So, yeah, really good uh, retention uh, for Matlock to have. And I'm sure he's going to have a cracking season. I think that's it. But you
0: figure out it nicely. There was a lot of lads at that time that were going through the motions with Matlock. I think the team as a whole was. There wasn't. There was a sense of loss. You never really knew what Matt like you were going to get on the day, and you know we've got. It's no good having a big man up top who's then going to be isolated for the rest of the team. So having having the likes of Alex Byrne is so important. A man who can get crosses into the box, and sometimes just putting the ball in the box itself it is a huge thing because, you know, it forces defenders into making a mistake. And that's, it only takes one player to be in the right place. their positioning to be really good. to so, you know, nip that ball in at the back post or force the goalkeeper into the same, win a corner. It, it's important to have those types of players in the squad. A player that is capable of playing in a number 10 role as well, um, he's very capable of midfield. And he will feel a bit like a new signing because picked up an injury at Tamworth. He was just about coming back before the pandemic shuts the whole league uh, down again. That man is Cal Chippendale. Uh, I believe he plays really well against Colville Town in the FA Trophy. It's it for me. It's going to be like having a brand new signing. How do you feel about it? Matt?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was one of those where it was a shame where you know the season stopped so early because uh, we didn't. I don't think we got to see enough of um, what Chippendale can bring uh, to the side. But um, he's someone I'm really looking forward to seeing how they get on. Like as in, uh, actually, I've been uh, a few games in a row, some consecutive games, and just seeing the impact uh, that he'll have on the team. Because so I think he's going to be a really important player. Um, really, really important in terms of um, more attacking options from uh, from the midfield four. So, yeah, I think, uh, and again, like you said before, it will sort of feel a bit like a, a new signing because of he's not actually played too many times for Matlock. But, yeah, it's one of those where I wouldn't have been too surprised if, like, another club had, had come in for him and there wasn't too much that they can do and have to let him go. But they've managed to keep him. That's absolutely fantastic for gladiators because I think he'll have a really important role for the club. Um, one of those that might have gone a little bit under the radar, uh, for uh, the time that we had him last season, but uh, he should have a big role to play, I think. And, um, yeah, be interesting just to see how he gets on in pre season, um, whether he sort of starts. You know, starts like a, a house on fire and gets a few goals from uh, from attacking midfield. Because I think he think he's got a really good season in him. So yeah, really keen to see how he gets on.
0: Finishing us off in the midfield is the man, the myth, the Mark Lees, a man who made central defensive midfield his own in those handful of games we played last year. It's. He's signed for another season. Great to see. You know what you're going to get with Mark. Reliable, hard-working and another one who could easily be given the captain's armband and would fit perfectly well.
1: Yeah, with Lee's, he's the uh, well, he's, he's the Ungolo Kante of uh, the NPL Premier Division. He's, uh, he's just he's doesn't do anything flashy or anything like that, but you only realise sort of like how much he does when he's not actually uh, in the team. So it is just, uh, yeah, really important retention for the club. It's um, sort of, is one of those where it's easy to sort of like go under the radar. But what he brings to the side is so much um, stability and making sure linking up with uh, the defence and the midfield. You've got to have a player like that if you're going to have a successful season. So, might not be like the, <laughs> the first player on everyone's uh, lips uh, when you're speaking about the two players that Matlock have got, but he's a very important player for the team. I know Wildy in particular absolutely loves him. Um, just he, he knows exactly what he brings to the club. And yeah, and just has quite a bit of experience as well. Uh, so, he's been at a few clubs and knows what the score is. And he's just a really. Is the type of player that you'll need if you're going to have a successful season and finish in the top five. So um, yeah, he'll probably never get any of the, the back page headlines and probably won't score that many at all. But uh, he'll he'll be an important player for the club.
0: He's your engine room player. He's, he's somebody who you know makes everything else around him happen. If that, if you don't have those sort of players in, I know. In the past, Matt Lockhart have had players like Liam Needs, players of that ilk who, not everything they do, as you say, is flashy. They're, they're, you know, they're not going to hit a 50-yard pass and pick out an assist. I mean, Mark might be able to. I don't, I don't know. But you need those sort of players to bring that determination and bring that heart in. And Mark's got that in absolute bounds. And I think, like you say, he's... He's an ideal player to have in that midfield. And mm. that is our midfield portion done. Matt, overall, how are you feeling about that midfield?
1: Yeah, yeah, very strong, I think. Uh, just kind of keen to see because there's a couple of players in there that I've not seen really before, maybe only like once. So, um, yeah, just keen to sort of see in the pre-season friendlies. Uh, what I'd like to be looking out for is just seeing how players like Carney get on. Um, yeah, just because I've not seen them much before, so just, just to see how they fit in, uh, fit in with uh, the system with the team's um worky FOSS, But yeah, it's uh, it's a solid midfield, I think uh, they've done a good job with who they've retained and who they've managed to bring in.
0: Well, Leaves is just with one position on the pitch left now, and that is the front line now. We'll start things off with a retained Captain Fantastic himself, the big man up top, Liam Hughes. I'm a big fan of Hughes, you you already knew that. So I'm I'm just going to hand this over to Matt to hear his feelings because I I can sit here and give you a 20-minute glowing review about Liam Hughes quite happily.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, yeah, very important retention. Uh, I think he was pretty much the first one that was uh, sort of uh, signed and sealed uh, club captain as well um, just so important just with the leadership that he brings onto the pitch not just uh, his prowess in front of goal uh, his leadership is going to be really important to the team if they're going to be finishing uh, within the top five um, and the experience that he has obviously he's played for quite a few clubs at, across quite a few levels as well um, yeah it's just a really special player for Matlock to have Um Obviously showed, I think uh, people weren't too sure what to make them. him sort of like after the first game of the season uh, against Bamber Bridge, but quickly got like any any sort of fan who uh unsure about him back on his side uh, from the Quorn game onwards where he got a couple of goals there and showed exactly what his strengths are. His work rate's absolutely fantastic. Um, he's not shy about uh, digging in and uh, putting the work in you know, back on the pitch in terms of uh, back in midfield, back in defence when we're defending a set piece. Um, so yeah, his, his work rate just can't be faulted whatsoever. He's obviously a guy that really, really likes being at the club. I don't think there was any danger of him going elsewhere. I don't know if there's any danger of him going elsewhere within the next twelve months. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really special player for Matlock. I think he's got it. Uh, in him especially with I'm sure we're going to come to um, the players that they'll have alongside him um, obviously Ross Hanna it could it, obviously can't guarantee it but on paper that could be an absolute dream partnership uh, in terms of you got it's almost like uh, it's almost like you remember Niall Phillips and Kevin uh, Niall Phillips Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn uh, the um big and little partnership that they had that you don't really see too much more anymore. But when they were banging in the goals, when Sunderland were first in the Premier League, could be a little bit like that, where you've got Husey with all the strength and with the aerial prowess. And, uh, and you've got Ross Hanna uh, sort of uh, with the, um, with the capability of uh, how clinical he is uh, in the box Um It could work out really, really well for Matlock. I'm quite confident that it will. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a a strike partnership that I'm really looking forward to seeing how it gets on. Because I know Ross obviously, is not not 21 anymore, but he's still going to be very dangerous in front of goal, definitely. Yeah,
0: the, the greatest compliment a footballer can give to a club is, and I think Liam said this in interviews with it previously, that he... Found his love again for football through playing for Matlock Town, and I know a few players in the past have said that. So to have to have somebody who has gone through so much, who has done so much in the in the footballing sense of the word, to have that player as your leader, your your designated man with the captain's armband, it, it's just ideal. He's you know. He's adapts when it comes to heading the ball. He's good with the ball at his feet, creates chances for others. He's just your ideal big man up top. And I think that Niall Quinn comparison is actually pretty dead on. I think that's quite a comparison for him because you need players like that in your team, I think. and He wasn't going to be the man I was going to move on to next, but you sort of did yourself, But I think we have to mention the returning Ross a Last time I was here, 55 goals. Since then, he's gone on to have an incredible career as a professional footballer. We all knew how talented Ross was. Uh, we all knew what he had in his locker. He's returning to Matlock, as you say. He's not a spring chicken anymore. He's coming to the twilight of his career. But there's still that passion. There's still that hunger there. And it would be incredible if, if... Just story-wise, for those people who love a good story in football, if Ross could get finally get that promotion he deserves with Town. and must say, while, while we're on Ross, um, Ross and his fiance now wife Becca Pass, they got married yesterday, I believe. Uh, long-time couple, they have. A couple of young lads. Lovely to see. I remember Becca coming and watching Ross when it was at Matlock initially. So that that was lovely to see. Um, and hopefully we'll see the whole Hannah family and the whole Hannah family down in preseason. It'd be good to catch up. See if you face me seen him for a while. I mean I would go to you about that Ross, but I feel you pretty much said what you were going to say anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just really looking forward to uh how he links up with um obviously maybe in terms of because he's at the twilight of his career, maybe not playing uh every single game sort of like uh consecutively, obviously with a lot of the season, especially if there's a lot of winter postponements, you might be playing a lot of weeks in a row where you're playing two games in a week. But uh yeah, when they do link up, I think it's still gonna cause a lot of problems. Um, so, yeah, really excited to see how clinical uh, they can both be as a, as a strike duo.
0: You can tell it's been a while since we last played a game of football, because you're like, oh, yeah, if the a we might get a postponement we're about two games a week. And I'm like, oh, God, I cannot wait for Grantham away in January. Get in. Yeah, let's go.
1: Like, let's not go nuts.
0: You, you, you just, uh, mate, oh, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to be back. just the atmosphere been around people even at those Euros games we went down to just you know seeing people again being social it was brilliant but we've got two players left now I'm going to give this name out a try I'm pretty sure I've got it nailed down I'm going to ask Matt to to review my pronunciation here if it's not correct he'll have to give me a talking to
1: yeah
0: I'm
1: looking forward to this Jezurun
0: Uche Gibulan.
1: <laughs> the first um, name uh, was fine. Right. Second the First thing. name was fine. So yeah, Jezurun, or just Jez. Uh um, oh,
0: you, you you can't just say, oh, just Jez now. No, that, is that's that how, how I like to no,
1: pronounce it. That that's how where uh, Philo and Wildy have referred to him before as well. So uh Jez. Is in the peep show character, Jez? So uh you know, but this is his full first name. Uh, the second name, Uchegbalam.
0: Uchegbalam?
1: Yes. Is that be? I, I was pronouncing the G
0: harder there, I think. I think you
1: were giving it a couple more extra syllables than what it requires. It's, uh, yeah, Uchegbalam. Uchegbalan.
0: So there you go. You see, we're not just a football podcast. We're an educational podcast. But mainly the one getting educated is me, so, you know.
1: I mean, with the amount of goals he's going to score, I mean, you'll be able to, you'll have a lot of practice saying his name, so don't worry.
0: So go on, just fill us in one final time.
1: Uchegbalan.
0: There you go. As in, goal
1: for Uchegbalan.
0: Oh, that flows quite nicely, I like that. I guess we should talk about him now instead of trying to (laughs) balance his name. Um, (laughs) Well, I say we, me, but uh, Ucheg Balam. He's come from Mosley. There was a brilliant interview that you did with Dave Wilde about Jez. So we got a lot of credence from that, a lot about their history together. An exciting young winger, a player who's going to be a handful are you excited to see that man take the pitch?
1: Yeah, I think he's the, the player that I'm most, uh, most looking forward to seeing because um, I didn't know too much about him. But then with the interview that I did with uh, with Wildy, uh, it was just really insightful. And really, the, the interview like made me really excited to go and see this player because it sounds like he's the type of player that's going to be a crowd pleaser. Um, but it sounds from what Wildie has said that is maturing as well, so he's he's not just he's not just going to be a player that you know you might have seen before where they do a lot of fancy tricks, but they don't put in the hard graft. so obviously that's not a a Paul Phillips or a Wildie type of player, is it as as we know that he he's maturing from the sounds of it, even though he's still a a very young age. Um, so it sounds like he's, he's adding a lot to his game and that he, he could be fulfilling his potential because the raw talent, it sounds like he's got, he's got it in abundance and that he's extremely quick. He'll fit in well with the kind of direct on the front foot style of football that uh, Phillips will be looking to play with the Matlock team. So, yeah, he, he's, I think, probably the the player that I'm most interested in finding out how he's going to get on. Because he sounds like he's going to be a real crowd pleaser, sort of hugging that wing, and really not 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 being shy in terms of having a run at players, being confident about beating them, not just in pace but just going you know going round them as well, uh, riding riding challenges that will come in. Um, so yeah, really excited to see how he gets on. I think he's going to be someone if he can get like a, you know a goal within his first couple of games or an assist within his first couple of competitive games sounds like a player that, you know, when the confidence is flowing and the fans are clearly getting excited about him, he'll just get better and better. So, yeah, um really looking forward to seeing how he gets on. That's that's the signing that I'm most, uh, most interested by, yeah.
0: I too am excited to watch Jesu run
1: below great, right, there we go. Way, there we go, points in the bag for me.
0: The Nigerian young man there who's got a lot of promise at his feet. But Mm -hmm. we're gonna stay in Africa for this one. Because the final man on this list is a man who had the briefest of spells at Malo Town previously. He's a man who was born in Kenya. He's family settled. In Matlock itself, at the age of ten, there's a fantastic interview that went out yesterday, I believe, with Matt and our new face, the new man, Jonathan Wafula, talking about he, you know, his time coming to Matlock. He currently lives in Alfreton, I believe, and as a player, he's somebody like you only have to see the teams he's played for, to know he is of quality. And to have a player like that, he's another player as well. Adapts he can play on the wing if needed. He can play through the front line if need be, he can play up top. It's so important to have that dynamic as an on-league player. And I think he's another player who has goals in him. and I'm excited to see what sort of formation Philo has in mind for these players he now has because I think in theory we could see Matlock play some really neat attacking football this season. I'd be very interested to see if he goes for a 442 or whether he you know goes to the 41212 diamond route or whether he switches up entirely and he plays with wing backs
1: as he has been known to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interested with how we feel going to get on because I enjoyed the uh, interview that I did with him and just got a lot of uh, just interesting little uh, bits of information from him. So his mindset is certainly one that really fits in with how, uh, how the team's going to play and with uh, the, the, uh, work rate that will be required and demanded by from uh, from the management staff because he made it clear a couple of times uh Jonathan that he he hates losing and he hates, well, hates it when he draws as well he's he's just he's only bothered about the team winning and is quite whole bent on doing everything he can to make sure the team wins because he gets uh, I think he said himself he gets into a sulk when uh the team that he's playing for doesn't win and uh, he gets he gets annoyed by it so that's great. Exactly the kind of player that um that the management staff will want in with that kind of attitude. Um he'll fit right in really. I know he's um I think he's 27, I think. Um so sort of he he's one of those I thought the kind of interest most interesting bit of the interview is where he's saying how like, you know, it's it has been Such a shame that, obviously, the past 18 months, his kind of career has been paused like everyone else's because he's not been able to play, obviously, because of the situation. And that's kind of been his peak years. So sort of like if if you're a player like around the position that he plays in, 25, 26 is kind of like going to be your peak and he's barely been able to play during that time. So I think he's going to be a player that's going to be so hungry to get back on the pitch that is, is going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in the side because because of how desperate he'll want to be to get back onto the pitch to make up for the lost time that he's had. Um, that's certainly what came across here when I interviewed him. So, yeah, great mindset. Definitely be the kind of player that uh, Philo and Wilde want in and the type of player that the crowd will be rooting for as well. And obviously, he's got quite a bit of experience of... Uh, of non-league footy around this level and the level up. So, yeah, I think it's a really good signing. Really, really good signing. So,
0: with all that said, there's Kate Coppin as well. who I, It'd be interesting whether he is more of a playing side of things or whether he is a, more of the coaching side this year. I know he's still... It, that's something I'd like... We'll have to at some point, Matt get you to maybe interview Cade about how he's feeling about whether he's going to want to keep playing more or whether he's he's looking at transitioning to that coaching role time Because I think that's a really interesting conversation that could be had there. Because we never really saw much of Cade as a player. As a person and as a personality and as a coach. He, you know, he he fits into that mold that the coaching staff have really nicely. So it would be interesting to see whether he does feature as a player or whether he will go into the coaching full-time. It's an interview we'll have to have with Cade at some point.
1: All right, I'll I'll get on it. Being set homework, yeah? I'll write write it down on my notepad and uh, we'll see see a date we can squeeze into... uh, to interview Cade and see uh, see what's on the horizon for him.
0: I, I did, didn't realise I could say it's doing work. I should, I should have been doing that years ago. Um, <laughs> so, overall, Matt, you said at the start, out of 10, and I want your honest opinion here, no fear of reprisal from myself or the club or filler. Well, I can't promise there'll be no reprisals from Wildy. This is Wildy talking about. But, out of 10, 10 be the best, one be the worst. Where do you feel that squad currently stands when it comes into going into the new season? Now, obviously, you can't be like, well, yeah, I think they're going to do this, that and the other, because the, as you've said during a review of the squad there, there's players that haven't you haven't seen play. But if you look on paper, how's your feeling? And could you put a number on it?
1: Um. I'll give it, uh, I'll give you an Anthony Fantano reference, which will probably mean only something to about two people. But uh, I'll give him, I'll give it a strong eight to a light nine. Oh. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, just because I've not seen some of the players yet on the pitch. So people like Carney um, and Alex Wiles, I've only seen them very, very briefly on the pitch. But from the squad that's been assembled, I think you've got the exactly the right work ethic and I think we're almost there in terms of the right balance. So yeah, um, maybe I think just the only thing just from my side, maybe they could have a look at putting in is sort of maybe in central defence, maybe just a bit more cover, just in terms of if Qualter or Edgerton gets an injury. and I have got other players that can play centre-half, but maybe someone else that is that is their primary role uh, in the centre of defence. Um, and uh, like a just a backup keeper as well, um, obviously just in case anything happens with Rowley, but uh, someone that you'd have on like, a dual registration basis so that um, they can be called up if, uh, if Rowley gets an injury. Uh, but the keeper has already had some experience. First team for a club uh, lower down the non-league ladder But, yeah, apart from that, I'm really uh, encouraged by the team that they've got. So, yeah, strong strong eight, light nine, I would say, but definitely with the potential for that to go up just uh, after I've seen the players I've not seen before actually have some time on the pitch and see how they fit in. But I still think the strongest area will be defence. I think that'll be the backbone in terms of what will provide Matlock with what I think will be a good season for them. Um, so I still think the defence will be uh, the strongest department. But yeah, just sort of interested to see mainly just how successful they can be, sort of like especially on the wing. Because uh, if you've got Alex Byrne who can deliver what we know he can, but also if you see Uchegbulen, uh make a really good start as well, you know, that that's, that's really could provide the basis for a really strong finish for Matlock. So yeah, I think just... Got to go into it positive, and I think, why not? Top five finish. Go for it. Going to be positive. Top five.
0: I, too, think Jezzerun and Cech could be a vital player for Matlock. And I'm not just showing off that I've learned his name. I promise you. Now, we will return to that score once we've got through pre-season, because, as you know, pre-season, there may be a few additions, maybe a few charlists. Not that we have any information that you don't. I'm just gu- uh, gazing into the future on this, having a little guess. So we'll come back. We won't go through the whole side again, because you know our thoughts on that. But any new faces, any players that have left before the season starts, it does happen. And then we'll we'll ask Matt for a score again before the big kickoff. Now, in a seamless transition. You'll have noticed that I mentioned pre And that's because we now know Matlock's full pre-season fixtures for the 21-22 season. Now, I'm going to run down the nine fixtures here and then I'm going to ask Matt for his thoughts. And I feel like this is a bit of a redundant question at the end anyway. We're asking which friendly he's looking forward to the most. So, hold on to your hearts, people. Starting us off at home, Works with Ivanhoe in the centenary, centenary, however you want to pronounce it, cool. 5th of July, 7.30pm kickoff. And we've got Boston United at Matlock on the 9th of July. Following on, we're at home again. Can you believe it? Three in a row. It's a hat-trick. Three of the best. We've got Derby County Under-23s, visitors. us on the 13th of July. On the 16th of July, we're at home once again. For those keeping track, that's four home games in a row. Mansfield Town coming visit. The Stags, of course, have a great history with Matlocks. So that's always a great game. Finishing us off for home friendlies is the one that my co-host may be a little excited for. He's he's, um, he's very good at keeping it under wraps. It's Chesterfield FC on the 21st of July. Should be a fantastic occasion. Always great to see the Spireites fans. Always great to have that bit of banter, have a few drinks, catch up with faces in the local football community that you haven't seen for a long time. That's going to be a fantastic event. And then we're on the road for a final tour. And what a final tour it is. On the 24th of July, we're off to Brighouse Town FC in a rare midday kickoff. So, Matt, I hope you like it early starts because we've got one. And then we're off to Clipstone FC on the twenty seventh of July for the Marcus Beddo Memorial Game. Um, for those who forgot or weren't around when this was announced, Marcus Beddo is an ex uh, Malottown reserves player. He is a player who was play, uh, playing his trade at Clipstone FC, a young man who sadly passed away. So for the two teams to come together and be able to pay tribute to Marcus and support his family, that that should be a, a lovely occasion and for, for a lovely young man. And I hope, uh, as we've said previously, our, our love and thoughts continue to go out to the Beddoe family at what must be an unimaginable time for any family. Then, on the 31st of July, we're off to the world's oldest football club, Sheffield FC. And then rounding us off, there's a team that came together when Osset Town and Osset Albion, they formed to become one super Osset United FC. And we will play them on the 7th of August. And do you know what's happening the following Saturday, Matt?
1: believes believe the league starts.
0: Wow. So
1: it's all
0: full of games. A week on Monday, it all begins again. And yes, that is glee. You can hear in my voice, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Matt, pre-season fixtures, I know much like me, you're excited to get back out there, to get back doing what you love. Being a journalist, as a certain ex-footballer would say. I feel like this is a redundant question already. Which one of most friendly games has piqued your interest in particular?
1: Well, it's got to be, uh, you know, Brighouse. Ta- no, of course not. It's uh, it's Chesterfield, of course, because it's going to be, um, you know, Matlock against the world's greatest team, arguably. So it's going to be quite a stern test. Uh, but no, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um yeah, because obviously I'm from Chesterfield uh, and a support And, um, and they've got, they've, uh, well, they ain't a Chesterfield podcast, but yeah, very briefly, they've uh, made some really, really good signings lately and they've pretty much got their squad already done sorted for next season. So, yeah, it's going to be really good. And I imagine it will be a really good crowd, a really, really good one. Obviously, uh, what date is it? 21st of July, so it's scheduled to be just after when these final restrictions are going to be lifted, fingers crossed. Um, so there should be a really, really good crowd for that, um, obviously because of the healthy rivalry between the teams. And obviously if it's an, a nice day, a lot of people will be out, but also a lot of Chesterfield fans will go because the morale and in terms of like the, the relationship the fans have with its club haven't been this good for six years easily uh, because they have very popular manager. Uh, people are very happy with the squad that's been assembled, uh, and obviously with the unexpected run to the playoffs that they had last season. So everyone's very excited. So, and obviously because it's to be such a local match, I honestly think it'll be a really, really good crowd. Um. So yeah, and I know I'll be there for it. they will be there for North Derbyshire Radio too. I'm pretty certain they'll do a lot in terms of the coverage for the match. So yeah, that that should be a cracker, and also because it could it couldn't happen last season because uh, it was scheduled, but um, John Pemberton, uh, Chesterfield's manager at the time, uh, um, got COVID uh, about three or four days before the game was due to go ahead, so uh, it, it uh, had to be postponed. In the end, so uh, yeah, so we've had to wait quite a while uh, for this matlock Chesterfield game. So yeah, I can't wait for that. It's gonna be it's gonna be really really good. Um, uh, yeah, I won't be sleeping before that game.
0: And if anyone is is looking for a new role as a co-host, just just give us a shout because I've wound him up there and he's gone. You should have seen. I've never seen such glee in a man's face. He's excited for that game, but. I've already warned him, dear listeners, that he needs to remember where his loyalties lie on match days, and he's, he he wor- he works with me at Matlock Town, unless well, just for co-poaching. Cool but if you're listening, we are sailing podcast. Uh-uh, stay away.
1: <laughs> yeah, not, I'll uh, uh, not, I'll keep it professional. I- Don't worry. we will not have
0: any podcast wars out here. But I'm wa- I'm warning you: stay away from the coast. <laughs> Now we've got those preseason fixtures out of the way. I'm going to run through a few things that are going on at the club that you may be aware of, you may not be aware of. So, and then we'll maybe move on to some your talk. I know Matt's going out soonish, so I won't keep him forever. he will uh, have,
1: have to be brief. We'll do a very quick roundup. Uh, I think of. Uh... Of the euros, but I mean, all you need to really know is—is is it's coming home? But uh, but yeah, we can we can talk about it a little bit more than that. I think.
0: All right, right. I will. So, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, you will know already. But hopefully, this podcast should go out today. So, in that case, tomorrow, the gladiators are swapping. Studded boots for a pair of pads as they play Matlock's cricket team in a special cricket match. Something that was done years ago between the two teams has been resurrected this season. I'm not really sure to make of this because I'm not I'm not somebody who is knowledgeable when it comes to cricket. I know Philip has told me that I'm opening the batting. I've told him. The only batting that I will be watching is the Battenbergs in the bar. I might keep an eye on the sandwiches as well. Um, make sure the beer is tasting fine. So it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting day. Could you imagine if Town FC caused the show? I know this is especially eleven for the cricket team. I know their first team has a fixture. It's gonna be a great day. It's gonna be fun. Everyone's welcome. The all things kick off. Do you kick off in cricket?
1: Uh, There's not really a kick off, no. No, not not a kick off.
0: Those cricket balls are quite hard. I can't imagine trying to kick one of them. Um, Bat off at half one. So come down. Promise this to be a lovely event. Speaking of lovely events, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the date of which I can't remember, but I think it's the 29th. It is the 29th. England versus Germany. Will Gareth Southgate, who is a Matthew Rhodes lookalike, be able to lay the ghosts of Euro 96 to rest? Of course, you missed that famous penalty. And then did that awful pizza advert. But will he be able to take his men onto the next round? Or will Joachim Lowe's side, in his final international tournament at the helm, will he lead his German side to glory? It is a tintillating game. It's going to be a fantastic event. And we're going to be watching it together at the Shorts Lounge. 5 p.m. kickoff. That usually means the bar open an hour before. Come down, have a few beverages, meet up with your mates, and let's see what happens on one of football's grandest stages in one of football's oldest rivalries. It's one of those things that you could not write. And I am more than a little excited for it. Starts Tuesday, the 29th. At the Shorts Lounge, 5 pm kickoff for the game. Everyone's welcome. We don't care who you support. We don't care if you even like football. Come down, have a few beverages. There is no better place to watch the England Germany game than at the Proctor Stadium in the Shorts Lounge. Now, golf day was yesterday as we record this fantastic event. We had over 30 teams which I've never seen, I've been at the club 11 years as yet, year. I've never seen the tea times fill up as quickly as they did. We had fantastic sponsorship from lots of local businesses. We had a fantastic day all around. Matlock Golf Club's a great facility. They're always incredibly welcoming. If you love your golf, there isn't many better places to play. In England, let alone in Derbyshire, the Matlock golf course. But I believe the judges are going through the scores, seeing who wins what. I've been out our social media, keeping an eye out for that. And then a week on Monday, Matthew, we are back at the Car Stadium for that first pre-season friendly. Everything begins again. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is everything that's going on in and around the club as things stand. As always, keep an eye on your socials. If there's anything else that comes up that needs to grow out, that's where you get your latest news, at Town. no, at Matlock underscore Town FC on Twitter. I've only ran the account for 10 years. Don't remember the app. Town on Facebook. We're on Instagram at official Matt Lockdown. Um, don't worry, we won't post photos of pies too often, usually because I'll have eaten them all by that point. But to round us off, we'll look at those Euro 2020s, the 2020 tournament that is happening in 2021. Now, it's quite a boring set of group stage games, really, not much happened. Uh, this football arc, it's like it's
1: a bit quiet, isn't it? I, I I quite enjoyed it. I thought I think it's been better than Euro twenty sixteen. I thought that was, uh, I mean, not just because of how bad England were, but yeah, I thought that was a a pretty dire tournament. That, but I think this this one has been better. Uh, the players don't look uh, that knackered, which I kind of thought they would be, and also VAR. Has been all right. It's uh, I expected loads of games to be absolutely ruined by it, but it's actually been applied fairly well throughout everything. So, yeah, I think it's I uh, think it's been quite good. I really enjoyed the uh, the ending of the uh, France group. That was pretty extraordinary. Uh, with um, the potential opponents for England changing about ten times throughout uh, throughout both games, so that was pretty remarkable. Uh, but yeah, there's been there's been a few pretty rubbish games. Sweden Slovakia was character building to get through, uh, as was the second half of England against Czech Republic. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. There's there's been some really good goals scored as well. Uh, I'm enjoying Denmark uh, managing to get through. Obviously, after what happened with uh, Christian Eriksen and. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Denmark Wales game uh, today because I think that's I can't call that. I think that's so close. I can see that going to extra time, maybe even penalties. So, so yeah, and I can't. I can barely even talk about England Germany because on paper we should win it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you could just you could just see some kind of defensive howler happening, and that's what knocks us out. So. God knows what's going to happen.
0: I do want to add, I don't think Matt picks up on it, but my previous statement, there was a side of an air of sarcasm to it. Oh, right, right. Um, as group Sorry. stages go, uh, oh, you're all right, don't worry about it. Um, it's always difficult doing these over Zoom because you can't always, you're always on that natural flow. But like you say, I think, I don't think it's been the best international thought we've ever seen in regards to game quality. Um, it's been some great goals. One against Scotland in particular that left their striker not getting any stick at all. Um, he just floated it top corner. So you may not see a better goal than that. That was Czech Republic versus Scotland.
1: Yeah, that it's... yeah that, that goal was. Uh, I was watching it live. I was uh, working uh, from home at the time, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that was just extraordinary. I think that one of my favourite bit of the Euros has been um, the uh, the commentary for the game. I can't remember who was doing it. They were both Scottish, and uh, <laughs> just suppose one of the greatest goals that has ever been scored, and. The, the commentary not really giving the goal the uh, the the acclaim that it clearly warranted. Uh, I think uh, the co-commentator basically said, yeah, he probably deserves a bit of credit there. And he was like, yeah, I mean, he scored from 50 yards. He does deserve quite a lot of credit. Uh, so, yeah, that made me laugh. But, yeah, that, that's one of the best goals I've ever seen, genuinely.
0: It, it was ridiculous. I know the bit of commentary you're on about. It's pretty <laughs> insane. Um but yeah, it's it's such a wide open tournament. There's so many possible teams that could win it. So to have that going on in the background, they have pre-season court, it really is a, 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 just a buffet of football. And as a fan, it doesn't get much better than that. So we will talk about Euros more, but Matt's got to get off. He's got plans. So thank you, Matt, for joining me for the podcast. Um, we will, the podcast is going to change ever so slightly when the football starts. Uh, um, we'll have be having more guests on. We will be, um, the frequency of the podcast might pick up ever so slightly. We might end up doing a few of these in person more when, um, because for those who don't know Matt lives in Sheffield, I live in Matlock so it's not like he can just pop down the road to record. It's quite a trek for him, and I don't fancy paying his bus fare. So it is going to change going forward, but thank you for everybody who's listened to the first nine episodes, who gave us feedback, who have spoke to us how they enjoy it. That's great. I, It's fantastic we've made nine episodes. The fact that next one's going to be our 10th, and to be honest with you, the tent's going to be, probably be recorded after the first couple of preseason games. So we'll be able to talk actual football with you all. And that, that's very exciting. Hopefully we'll have fans on and such as well as playing staff, management staff. So a lot to look forward to. Follow us on the socials at Matlock underscore Town FC on Twitter, Matlock Town on Facebook, official Matlock Town on Instagram. Follow myself at the Matlock fan if you want to listen to rubbish takes of football. I'm your man. Go follow me over there, Matthew Rhodes. Where can the good people of the internet find you?
1: Uh, it's on Twitter, uh, at Matlock Roads. Um, uh, yeah, just for any journalism updates that I've got or any whinging that I'm doing about non sport related matters. So, yeah. At Matt Lock Roads for all that there is, I know, of course, we'll segue segue a little
0: we'll give you a little cheeky plug at the end. The Olympics screw up, I know Matt's got some specialized Olympic content coming up, so if you like your sports other than football, he's very much worth the follow, and he will be paying me five pounds for that after we've rounded up this podcast.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, an interview with Liam Pitchford, uh, Chesterfield's table tennis player. Uh, That should be happening uh, within the next 10 days. And I'll not reveal the name yet, but still working pretty hard on securing an interview with someone who will be at the Olympics that probably not many people realise is also uh, from Chesterfield. But yeah, it'll be good. It'll be very big. It'll be... uh, Quite a big coup, that. So uh, we're still trying to... Uh, I'm having to speak to this person's agent in order to secure the interview, which is something I've never done before. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's different. But, uh, yeah, so that's why it's taking a bit longer than normal. But, uh, yeah, that's hopefully happening soon. Well, it has to happen soon because the Olympics is on in about four weeks. So, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that one.
0: That's it. I, I personally... I right, had no idea that Mo Farrow was from Chesterfield so it's all news <laughs> to me uh, he,
1: he's not qualified you won't be well, at
0: I, I wasn't going to bring that on yeah. <laughs> now if no Matlock Town fan and listener of the Keep Off The Pets podcast Mo Farrow listens to this he's going to be devastated at that you, you just threw up insulting to the room there so before Matt gets us in any more trouble we will be signing off thank you for listening Hopefully this podcast will be with you this evening. If it isn't, blame myself because I am quite a lazy boy sometimes, but we will be back in a few weeks time. Stay humble, stay healthy and we will see you next time. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.